we all make mistakes, decisions that we regret, things we'd like to do over, like not buying Bitcoin when you first heard about it at $1. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. At times, therapy has helped me and my loved ones in many ways. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major traumas. With the right guide, you can discover effective strategies to minimize distractions and truly connect with your needs, setting the stage for a more balanced life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge take a moment visit betterhelp.com slash gold today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp help.com slash gold let's talk finance wouldn't it be convenient to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one spot yahoo finance does just that it consolidates your portfolio views and offers expert analysis making it easier to manage your investments Let's not beat around the bush. You want to grow your portfolio, fight inflation, pay off debts, and achieve financial freedom. Yahoo Finance provides the news, data, and tools to make that happen. You may think you've covered all the bases, savings, researching, and investing smartly. But to truly excel, you need Yahoo Finance in your corner. A holistic perspective is crucial for success, and Yahoo Finance ensures you have it. With a massive community of over 90 million users monthly, Yahoo Finance is here to guide you on your path to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. The Peter Schiff Show. Well, I hadn't really planned on doing a podcast today on the markets, on the economy, on the Fed. But, you know, with the near 300 point drop in the Dow, I couldn't resist the Nasdaq down 118. One of the biggest declines we've had in some time, S&P down better than 30 points, and there was no real news. I mean, there was some bad economic news, and I'll get to that in a minute, but we get bad economic news every day, and we don't get a 118-point uh, decline in the, in the NASDAQ. And we also had a dollar and a half gain in oil. I mean, oil at one point was up more than $2.00. A barrel. Uh, we finished just below 49, but the Dow was down 292. The S&P was down over 30 with oil stocks up. You had some big gainers in the oil stocks today because of the higher oil price, uh, but that didn't offset the big drop in the rest of the market. So you can imagine how much bigger the drop would have been, let's say, in the Dow had the oil stocks uh, not been positive. Of course, the Nasdaq not getting that benefit. That's why percentage-wise, it was down so much. And, you know, despite the fact that the market was tanking uh, and we got the bad economic news, the dollar uh, was not that much lower on the day. I mean, it was down against the big three currencies, the euro, uh, the British pound and the yen. So the dollar was down against those three. But it was marginally higher against like the Australian dollar, the Canadian dollar. I mean, but just barely so. But we didn't have a big sell off, which I would have imagined would have happened 
given the big stock market decline, the weak economic data. I think the problem is that the 110 level is holding back the euro. I mean, it did peak its head above 110 briefly over the last couple of days, and then there's a lot of selling. We closed at 109.70 today, and so I think the the temporary ceiling on the euro is kind of holding back the other currencies because people are waiting for the dollar, or rather the euro, to roll over because everybody is still clinging to this fantasy of a U.S. recovery and rate hikes, despite the overwhelming evidence that that's not going to happen. But I think that is what kept uh, the dollar from selling off and gold from having a bigger rally. Gold was up about two bucks, uh, got very close. I think at one point today it was about a dollar away from 1200 again, uh, but it closed off those highs, but still up a couple of bucks uh, on, on the day. You know, the reason that a weak stock market is going to be bad for the dollar, right, and good for gold is because it means that the Fed is more likely uh, to either not raise interest rates or launch QE4, which I think the only way the Federal Reserve can prevent a stock market correction from turning into a bear market is by launching QE4, right? Unless we do that, we will have a bear market, which is another reason why I'm certain we're going to get QE4, because the Fed will not allow a bad bear market because it has built this recovery on asset bubbles, it's not going to let the stock market go down, especially if it believes that a weak stock market is a precursor to the next recession. And remember, it was propping up asset prices. That was the whole goal of quantitative easing, uh, which was why it's a failed program from the get-go, because the minute you take away the quantitative easing, whatever asset markets you've propped up ultimately come tumbling down until you come to their rescue again, which is why you know once you go down the road, you can never, you know, you can never turn back. I mean, when you do QE3, that guarantees QE4. You know, it's not that, well, you know, something happened that was unforeseen. The minute the Fed did QE3, they guaranteed QE4. And when they launch QE4, it guarantees QE5. Because the minute you do it, you got to do it again. I mean, the only thing that stops it is a currency crisis. And we haven't had that, you know, at least not yet. So that's why there's nothing that's going to stop it. So I think ordinarily... A big stock market decline like the one we had today would have weakened the dollar, but you're at that technically key level of 110 against the euro. And so I think it's going to take a little bit more for the dollar to breach that barrier. But I think when it does, uh, there can be big buying in the euro and selling in the dollar. Let me get to that bad economic news that I've been referring to. And this is on the durable goods orders. Uh, which were released early this morning. And the durable goods orders, the estimate, right, was for the improvement that we saw in January, right? We had, we originally re- reported 2.8% increase in durable goods in January, most of that due to transportation, because X transportation, uh, the number was up only 0.3. But that was the first time in. After three months, we had had three declining uh, months of durable goods orders, X transportation. But we broke that string supposedly in January with a 0.3% gain. Now, the consensus was for a 0.7% gain in durable goods orders for February and for a 0.3% gain in uh durable goods X transportation matching the 0.3% that we got in in January. But here's the actual numbers that were released. 
So instead of a 0.7% gain like they were expecting, we got a 1.4% decline. Now, in addition to that, they revised down the 2.8% gain we got the prior month to a gain of just 2%. But more importantly was the ex-transportation number. Instead of getting a positive 0.3, we got a minus 0.4. And then they went back to last month's positive 0.3 and revised that to a minus 0.7. So with the 1.4% drop in durable goods orders headline, that is the third drop in four months. But ex-transportations, we now have five consecutive monthly declines in durable goods ex-transportations. The last time that happened was during the months surrounding the 2008 financial crisis. So yet again, we have more evidence that the U.S. economy today is the weakest it's been since the depths of the 2008 financial crisis. Does this seem like an economy where, hey, the Fed can finally raise interest rates because they've had success? We've had an economic liftoff? I mean, we're blown up on the launch pad. I mean, maybe we lifted off, but now we're coming back down to earth without a parachute. That's what's going on. So you had very, very weak and unexpected, which is always, it's always unexpected. They never expect the bad news, but they always get it. And no matter how much bad news they get, they expect the next news to be good, right? Remember the old definition of insanity do the same thing over and over and expect uh, a different result. Well, there's an epidemic of that on Wall Street and at the Fed, because that's all these guys do. Uh, But with this unexpectedly bad news and a big decline in the stock market, uh, I would have imagined a much weaker dollar. That might have to wait uh, for later in the week. We're going to get more information, including the GDP number on Friday, the final revision to the fourth quarter. We got 2.2% was uh, the last read. The estimate is for an improvement to 2.4. Now, we'll see. I mean, I, I think there's a good chance they'll, re, they'll, they'll end up with a lower than 2% number. Meanwhile, the, uh, the, the, the Federal Reserve, the Atlanta Fed uh, GDP now number for the first quarter is already down to 0.2. 0.2. You know, but the clowns on CNBC are already starting to dismiss this by saying, well, you know, the first quarter is always weak. Ever since the Great Recession, the first quarter is always weak. Yeah, they're already trying to make excuses. It's not now, it's the weather. It's the first quarter is always weak. Well, you know, if the first quarter is always weak, then you're never going to get strong growth for the entire year, which is what everybody is assuming. And if the first quarter is always weak, why didn't they know that when they made the assumptions? Because they initially were assuming 3% growth. And if we end up getting, you know, no growth, well, I mean, how could you make you know make the excuse? Well, the first quarter is always weak. Okay, then why did you assume three percent if it's always weak? Well, it's the weather. Well, but there's always bad weather in the winter. Why wasn't any of that assumed? They try to make excuses because they don't want to come to terms with reality. Hello, this is Peter Schiff. I bet you didn't know that without silver, you wouldn't be hearing this podcast right now or be able to use a computer at all. From laptops to smartphones to TVs to speakers, virtually all modern electronics use silver to conduct electricity. Did you know that the average solar panel uses two-thirds of an ounce of silver to function? And the solar industry is expanding dramatically, not just in America, but in booming developing nations like China and India. Silver is naturally antibacterial and is used extensively in modern medicine. Silver coatings are being added to breathing tubes, bandages, catheters, and other medical instruments to reduce the spread of infections. When antibiotics fail, 
silver still works. I believe the 21st century will be the century of silver. As fiat currencies continue to collapse and new uses are found for silver every day, the white metal's strong industrial demand and low per ounce price will make it increasingly attractive to savers around the world. At today's prices, people of any age and background can afford to buy some silver. Learn why silver is a smart and reliable investment in my free special report, The Powerful Case for Silver. Visit shiftsilver.com and download it now. The Powerful Case for Silver includes information about silver's amazing chemical properties. It also explains why I believe silver may outperform gold in the coming years. Download The Powerful Case for Silver and educate yourself, your friends, and your family about the white metal. Just visit shiftsilver.com to download my free report. That's shiftsilver.com.